is Graphically Novel, a podcast about three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing one of Josh's picks. Josh, tell us what you picked and why you picked it. I picked Atomic Robo Volume 8, The Savage Sword of Dr. Dinosaur. Yeah, you And I did. picked it because it's probably the best Atomic Robo that I've read so far. Uh, love this series. I think, Jamie, you made us review Atomic Robo Volume 3 a little while ago. And, man, I got hooked at that point, and I read everything I could find. Uh, so I've read quite a bit of Atomic Robo, and I think this is my favorite. And I wanted to make Sam read one. He's been making me read a bunch of turtles. I thought I'd make him read something. <laughs> well, in all fairness, when we reviewed the the first time, I read the wrong one, and then I read the wrong one again. and then I finally <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. More, more Atomic Robo is not a bad thing. Uh, no. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a solid pick. Uh, this is another one of those where I was quietly really excited when I saw it pop up on our shared Google Doc there. Um, yeah, all right, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's get into our live-action Batman grades. And uh, I get the privilege of going first uh, this week, and I'm not even going to play around. Um, this is a bail. This is a hard bail. Bail plus. Um, I-, I love this thing. I love Atomic Robo, and this is my favorite Atomic Robo story. Um, and there are a lot of good ones, but this is my favorite. And it's not really even close. I love the art. Um, this is the funniest Atomic Robo gets. Um, and this is my favorite of all of the people that, Do- that Atomic Robo goes up against. Dr. Dinosaur is my favorite. So this is a hard battle. Uh, same? Right. Well, uh, I, I gave him an athlete. Dude! It's not a battle. I'm going to get into my reasons later. There are no reasons. Yeah. It's still a great score in Affleck. <laughs> yeah, Affleck's <laughs> solid. Something on my turtles. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I, I do believe this is a bail, though. Uh, and I think, Sam, there's some there's some people in there that if you've not read a lot of Atomic Robo that you won't know who they are. So it might leave. The story may not make 100% sense. So I can see that knocking it down from a bail. If, if you went from volume three to volume eight, yeah, there's some stuff you missed. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. This is probably his first time he's even encountered Jenkins. Yeah. Right. So, me and you, Jenny, okay. we know all about Jenkins and stuff. So, Affleck is still, yeah, that's a pretty realistic score for you, Sam. All right. That, yeah. Okay. In, in that perspective, you're probably right. Yeah, I, I got your back, guy. That's all right. Somebody's got to. <laughs> I'm just trying to get I'm some still a little good, mad. I'm trying to get some goodwill from that Keaton on the Turtles. So. <laughs> Tell you what, it, it's still an athlete. I mean, it's still a good story. I yeah. know. I was just, I'm just, I was just harassing you. <laughs> Relax, bro. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our creator credits are, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to read them how they were uh, put on the, uh, the credits page in the graphic novel. Words, Brian Clevenger. Art, Scott Wegener. Colors, Nick Filardi. Letters, Jeff Powell. And edits by Lee Black. Um, those are the folks who earned the bail grades and should have earned all bail grades. Um, <laughs> it's about duck Affleck all episode. Um, and yes, that is a really old joke. I keep making old man jokes. Um, <laughs> the only one right. you know. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, so we're gonna take a, a little break here, and this is this is the um, 
the spoiler warning. We got our spoiler facts in here. And after this, it's full spoilers. So if you and we, I mean, if I'm if we're ever going to recommend you stop actually go read this thing, it's this time. This thing is a blast. It's worth it. And I, and if you're coming at it like you know, not knowing all like Sam did, with a limited robo background, it's still funny enough that you'll have a good time with it. So, um, yeah. So here's the klaxon. You've been warned. It's time for the bite size breakdown. All right, Josh, start us off. All right, issue one starts off with uh, Robo and team getting a report of a cryptid in Venezuela, and they head out. Once there, they find some climbers that have been exploring a decommissioned research base and gotten stuck. During a rescue attempt, they're attacked by Dr. Dinosaur. Meanwhile, Jenkins and crew at headquarters get a mysterious nuke shipped to them. Right. Issue two starts with uh, Robo. I put Robo and crew is captured by Doctor Dino and led to his base. Led to his base while he does his villain monologue, revealing his ultimate plan with the time bomb. Sorry. Right. And Majestic Twelve begins their attack on Tesla Island, while Robo's friends get separated from him and are captured by a group of rock people not enslaved by Doctor Dinosaur. They are then given hallucinogenic crystals, and Bernard gets a deep understanding of the universe, including the magma worm. Plus, Robo gets smacked around a lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. So, Bernie and crew team up with the rock people to go and defeat Dr. D and free their brethren. Majestic 12 has started an assault on the Tesla Dine headquarters and somehow have managed to capture Jenkins. The issue ends with Dr. D activating the time bomb. Right, issue five is a uh, time bomb is active. Uh, final fight with Robo and Dr. Dino. Uh, big magma worm. Jenkins <laughs> blows up his base with uh, him and the bad guys in it. Time bomb may have actually worked sending Robo back in time. <laughs> I said may. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it, guys. So let's get into it. The, the graphically novel pyramid. And the first corner is the story corner. And Sam, what's your breaking down for us? You know, the story is really good. I, I like how they have like, it's like three individual things going on at the same time. You got Jenkins and I guess the, what'd you call it? Magnificent 12 or whatever. Majestic 12. Majestic 12 is attacking the base. And I like how that story unfolds. It's separate from everything else. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, you have the, uh, Robo and uh, Dr. Dino is what I call him. And uh, they're doing their back and forth, which is hilarious. I love it. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then you got uh, Bernie and his crew uh, with the, the hollow men. Uh, and, and they're trying to free their people that you find out that's working for Dr. Dino against their will. So, I mean, just the way all three of those stories, like, eventually intertwine with each other and, and comes to the head at the very end, was I thought was really good. I, I still enjoyed it all. Yeah, I, I think the pacing was really well because yeah. sometimes when you're doing two different storylines, sometimes it's easy to get stuck on one storyline and leave too big of a gap on the other story. And I feel like they've done a really good job of balancing the different storylines, yeah. uh, you know, keeping you up to date on all the storylines and, and what felt like real time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you all like the Majestic 12 part of the story or did you feel like it was a distraction? Would you rather just spent more time in Hollow Earth? I don't know. For me, because like I said, I, I don't have the background you two do, obviously. 
I like Jenkins. Don't get me wrong. I, I liked him in the story, but it didn't really help Doc, uh, the Robo and Doctor Dinosaur at all. It had nothing to do with that. That, that that's why I knocked it down because <clears throat> really the the story was good, but they didn't have to have Jenkins in it. Or if they had Jenkins in it, they needed to to plow with what Doctor Dino was doing. Yeah, I, I don't know that it was necessary. I just think they liked Jenkins as much as we do and wanted to have him doing some <laughs> Jenkinsy yeah. type stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a, a, yeah, I liked it. I just it didn't really have anything to do with the other story. Well, it's it's a lot of setup for later. I mean, because uh, I mean the the a, after the fall of you know Tesla Dine, there's a lot of story that goes on after that, and so it's it's a lot of setup. And I was just wondering if you've not read the bigger picture, if that was a distraction or, or if no. it was still you know enough fun. Um, but I'm always up for more time with Jenkins. I love that dude. Um, now, when it, when he blew up the um, the, I guess it was a gas line above him. I'm not I sure. Guess that's what it was. Yeah. Do, it like do you think? Something. Do you think Jenkins is actually dead? No. No, because he smiled right before he shot. <laughs> I don't think he can die. <laughs> they did a, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, montage of him on a vacation in one of the earlier volumes. He had, they forced him to take like some time off and he went to the beach and it was about five pages of just random assassins coming and taking him out <laughs> because he was on vacation and it was the greatest thing I've ever read. Yeah. I, I, I've been going back and rereading Atomic Robo and I, I just read that this week. It's so it's much fun. Great. Yeah. I don't think he can, ta- I don't think he can be taken out. Um, I think my favorite part of the, uh, of the whole story, though, is is all of the panels that have Robo and Dr. Dinosaur together. Yeah. He, he drives Robo so crazy, even his robotic eyes twitch. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur is awesome. Uh, I think they could do a bunch of different stories with him, just always with some kind of weird contraption that Atomic Robo's got to go and shut him down, and I would just read every one of them. Now he's on, now he had appeared before in like one of the little solo stories, right? Like one of the little one shots. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he was the main antagonist, if I remember right. I believe so, yeah. Um, but I, I also love the story with with Bernard and the and the crew that go with the rock people. <laughs> yeah. I love that at the beginning, you know, Bernard is like this nervous guy. He's like, you know, why did why did Robo grab us? I think we were just the three people on his way to the plane. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be in the field. And by the end of it, you know, he's the savior of Hollow Earth. He's got a rock <laughs> wife. Yeah. He's doesn't posing like Conan. It's yeah. great. He really took to the place down there. That yeah. Was, he embraced it. <laughs> he really did. He, he called us lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I, I mean. I, I, as a long-time reader of Tom Crobo, I enjoyed all the storylines, all the different angles. But the, the Majestic 12 story is what I was really curious about. Everything else, I think, obviously works. I was just, I didn't know how that would how that would hit hit you. So uh, I was curious about that. I, I didn't know that was a Majestic 12. I just thought that was like CIA or some other something like that coming after them. Well, the, the the news reporter always talking about it, and then they got shut down or whatever, and then they show up. I just thought it was a different branch of something. Yeah, um, I, I think they got on his trail after the Hashima Island incident, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. I, I I think it still works. But I was just I, I was I was curious. Um, 
Yeah, they, they made a lot of references to the Hashima incident, uh, which was the volume before. And if you didn't read that volume, yeah, there's a lot of stuff they're talking about. You don't know what it is. And I think they probably really could have just mentioned that in issue one just to say this is where we're at. You know, this is after the Hashima event. Robo's under scrutiny. And now he's off doing this down in Venezuela. And then not mentioned the, the I wonder, I wonder, incident again. I wonder if the single issues, if it had like a previously on Whereas when they collect the graphic novel, they may pull those out. And so yeah, that, that may awesome. have actually helped if they'd left one of those in. Yeah. Um, but I love the story. I think it's a really strong corner of the pyramid. Um, anything else on the story, guys? Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, tell us about the art, man. The art's fantastic, uh, especially Dr. Dinosaur. I'm just going to start off with I love the way they draw him. Uh I don't know how they managed to get that smug, idiotic face, <laughs> that look, that expression. They hit it perfectly where he looks so smug and condescending, but he also looks like just a moron at the same time. <laughs> don't know how they do that with a, what's supposed to be a velociraptor face, but man, they nail it. Uh, but the color's good. It's the same same uh, artist and stuff through all of Atomic Robo, I think. Uh, so it's the classic color and the pencils good uh, and then the big underground stuff i really enjoyed the hollow earth the what appear to be other dinosaurs or some kind of rock creatures uh, it's that whole world down there there was so much stuff to look at it was i really enjoyed it yeah that was definitely my favorite part was when they was in the caves with the hollow earth people and all that it was really really well done um, the only thing I would have liked, and this is a tiny little nitpick, is maybe to find some kind of way to make some of the rock people a little more individual. Because um, the they all, yeah, the rocks. But I mean, like maybe have the crystals like be in different places on some of them. Yeah. Like, because it's like that one time when you know Bernard is holding hands with his rock wife, and I couldn't tell that she looked any different than any of the rest of them. You know, he like, couldn't maybe, either. Yeah, he wasn't for sure if it was a <laughs> girl yeah. or not. Um, uh, I mean, that's, that's a tiny little nitpick, but Josh is right. I mean, the, the, the Dr. Dinosaur is so good. <laughs> I don't know how they pull that off. And, and, the, and the things that he the, his absurdity makes happen to Robo's face. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, that's nothing. He, he's a robot. They give him good facial expressions and stuff, too. I mean, they really do. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't have a mouth. Um, and I, I like, and, and there's, a, there's a part, too, where um, Bernard. <laughs> the rock people give bernard lang and the other guy his name i don't think we ever hear um gives mm-hmm. them all hallucinogenic crystals and bernard has this crazy like vision that looks like it should have been drawn on the side of a van somewhere yeah. <laughs> it's just great they were tripping yeah um, yeah that was a carl sagan 1970s acid trip right there is what that was now the i want to i want to call out too the um there's this crab thing that uh, Dr. Dinosaur is driving them around on. It looks really great. And I kept calling it the dog rock monster. Um, that was They never call it anything, but it's the one that chases Robo and that just knocks the snot out of him. Oh, yeah. Both, both of those looked just awesome. I mean, yeah. those are, and, and those did look distinct. Um, but yeah, but there are, I mean, Brian Wagoner is good. Um, I, I love the or is it Scott? I forget. I get their first names mixed up. It's Scott. Uh, yeah. Um, the art was it's up to the standard. It's fantastic. Now they have had I think 
three or four different colorists on Atomic Robo. It's always the same penciler and the same writer. Those those two guys have been all the way through. But the color the colorists do change. And I think Nick Filardi is my favorite of the Atomic Robo colorists. Um, this looks great. From what I read, it looks, it's pretty seamless. I, I would have thought they all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you uh, you want, I want to put a call out. Uh, go to page thirty-one and look it. at the bottom right uh, panel. That's what I'm talking about on that expression <laughs> on Doctor Dinosaur. I was flipping back through there uh, when I was doing my awards, and I just busted out laughing just from looking at this one panel. There's no dialogue. There's no nothing. It's just Doctor Dinosaur making this face when he's, you know, giving it to Robo, and it's it's great. It's and, yeah. and, right, <laughs> and right beside him is the the separate about with the Robo's face, like what it does yeah. to him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just twitching. <laughs> it's Doctor Dinosaur. <laughs> if you read this and don't laugh at Doctor Dinosaur, there is something wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, look, wall, wall eyes and snaggle tooth. I mean, <laughs> he's interesting. He's, yeah. Yeah, um, and if you look above there, look when because the, the whole the whole reason Robo uses his excuse to get off the island and, and get out in the field was that they found these cryptids in South America, and so Robo says, "Were you the cryptid?" <laughs> it's just it's, it's like from here on out, this is what we get. This is the these are the first this is the first thing uh, this first comeback or whatever. <laughs> Doctor Dinosaurs, bah! Your face was the cryptid. <laughs> That was just the opening salvo of the crazy, ridiculous stuff that comes out of his face. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, so our next corner of the pyramid, and in my opinion, the strongest corner of the pyramid this week is the characters. Um, Dr. Dinosaur is such a unique character. Uh, he's so crazy and absurd, but he's usually accidentally somehow kind of sort of almost right. Um, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Almost. Like, like the time bomb, it blows up and it interacts with time. It doesn't erase the previous 65 million years, but it does throw Robo back into the old west. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. kind of sort of works, you know? Without the yeah. DeLorean. He even references that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, even like the, um, like, everything is so absurd, but it works. Like he's this, and they've never explained where he came from. I was going to uh, bring that up. I was like, no backstory on Dr. Dinosaur. He's just this dinosaur that somehow can speak and is yeah. a scientist. And he's, and he's somehow found these people in hollow earth, which shouldn't exist, but does. That's the thing that drives Robo crazy. None of this should be happening. Um, there's an immortal magma worm that like they, they just laugh at that shows up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> things that just shouldn't happen keep working for Dr. Dinosaur. That's funny, that one guy, the unnamed guy, was like, all this crazy stuff I believe in, and this is what's true. <laughs> <laughs> and Bernard steals the show, though. I mean, I love that little nerdy guy and his story arc here. I've just, I mean, how uncertain and insecure he is. Can't believe he's out in the field. And then by the end of it, he's, you know, wearing crystal helmets with crystal swords. And he's, you know, being Hollow Earth's Conan. Yeah, as I, I say, mean, he straight turned to Conan. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. so good. Yeah, you uh, you stole my very first note was, Bernie is great and stole the show. <laughs> I think the first glimpse when I was like, Bernie's going to be great is when they uh, fall down in when they're rescuing the people and the cliff starts <laughs> falling away. And he's hanging <laughs> onto the edge with all these people hanging off a rope. And he's, fly, you fools. He does the total <laughs> reference. And then disappears. I'm like, oh, Bernie's going to kick it down here. 
from from the second they fall into Hollow Earth, I mean, Birdie's in his element. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a geologist. That's what he was saying. So that's kind of his thing. Yeah. He's, he's all, on the lava. I like that too. And he's the only one that had the vision. Yep. Uh, he was able to talk the people out of their mind control. I mean, Bernard absolutely steals the show. And um, Robo kind of gets pushed into the background, uh, other than being driven in, driven insane by the dinosaur. I mean, he <laughs> it's kind of, you know, the Jenkins-Bernard, you know, Dr. Dinosaur story. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my second note, Jamie. <laughs> I would have liked a little bit more Robo. I could I could have done with less of the Tesla Dine headquarter assault and done with a little more Robo interaction, Atomic Robo. Uh, but again, but by not getting so much panels with Robo, we got a lot of time with Jenkins. So it's kind of hard to grab about it because yeah. Jenkins is really fun. Yeah, I, I love the scene when they first show that Jenkins has been left in charge of Tesla Dine and he's sitting at that big desk and instead of paperwork, he's got all of his guns spread out everywhere. <laughs> and when the guy comes in to ask him for help or something, he's, he's on the ceiling and drops that on top of him with a gun to his head. You better not have brought me paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> that sums Jenkins up. That's Jenkins yep. to, to you right there. It's perfect. Um, I, I think he is dead, though. Um. Thanks. Yeah, because I, I read a little bit further on, um, and he never shows back up, and it makes me really sad because I love Jenkins. He's one of my he's one of my favorite characters in comics. But but this is where you get into time travel that I'm not a fan of. If Robo got sent back in time, can he come back and prevent Jenkins from having to sacrifice himself, and can Jenkins I, live on? I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, I haven't gotten that far. Yeah. Um, I don't think they do time travel ever again. Yeah. I think after the time bomb, <laughs> only the dinosaur can make time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I have five nuclear bombs to do it, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to tell you how Tom McGrable gets back, so you'll have to. Okay. I, I read the, I read volume nine, and I think that's where I stopped reading. I didn't know okay. much past that, so. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to read it for you. Um okay. Yeah, but I, I, I love the, I, I don't love the Majestic Twelve storyline. I feel like it's a little bit of a distraction. Um, but you know, if I think they wanted to give Jenkins a big send off, because uh, that, that's part of the reason I think he's actually dead. Because they spent so much time there, um, they wanted to give him some kind of heroic, you know, big sacrificial moment. Um, mm. And so, but you're right. I mean, we we could have used more Robo. I mean, that was definitely lacking. All right, guys. I like Jenkins. Well, there's a lot, a lot of Jenkins if you go back. Yeah. Um, between like uh, three and this one, so like there's like I'm bad at math. That's what six volumes. There's a lot of Jenkins in there. All right. Anything else on the pyramid, guys? Anything we missed? And we covered it. Let's give out some awards. Let's do it. And these are the things we dig most. In Atomic Rebel, Volume 8, The Savage Sword of Dr. Dinosaur. Well, was there a sword? Uh, that was a question. He had a sword at the last fight, when Bernard brings the, the pink rock monsters to fight Dr. Dinosaur and his green rock monsters. Um, yeah, he was trying to stab uh, Atomic Robo in the heart. <laughs> Shout out to he has one. <laughs> From all over his heart, I stab at the <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and also, I stab you in the heart or something. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's hard to remember all his dialogue because it's so good. We could have just done six different awards of like your six favorite Dr. Dinosaur, you know, ridiculous statements. Um, Anyway, (laughs) but but our first award is best cover. And Sam, what do you got? Well, speaking of swords, I picked cover 78. And it's got the one Bernard in his underwear holding a sword above his head <laughs> with Robo down at his feet, cowering like the woman as he does, you know. Uh, that shows you how much he stole the show. Yeah, that's issue four. That's the one I picked as well. Issue that four. is the right answer. That's the right answer, yeah. Now, I think that's supposed to be a little bit like that old Star Wars cover that has Luke mm-hmm. standing there with a lightsaber with Leia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I was going to Ro- say, Atomic Rebel is definitely looking like a, a <laughs> damsel in distress. distress there. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing the layer there. Um, but yeah, I, I, something about all of the crystal stuff on Bernard combined with him being in his tidy whities it's just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> all right. Uh, best character, Josh, tell us who the right answer is. This is Dr. Dinosaur. Correct Amundo. It was that or Bernie. That would be the only other acceptable answer, I think, would be Bernard. I have Dinosaur too. I have I have Bernard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll buy that. I also have Jenkins as a backup, but Bernard's is my main pick. No, I it's it's Dr. Dinosaur, man. I, I can't believe you going anywhere else with that. I love that tiny little nut job. I need him <laughs> to come back. I love the way uh, he's funny without being without it all being accidental. I love that all of the nonsense he does somehow kind of works. Um, I need a Dr. Dinosaur Atomic Robo road trip. where like, it's like some kind of hilarious thing where like, you know, Robo has to take him to jail, but they've got to be handcuffed together for like a road trip across the country kind of deal. I need, I need that in my life. Um, oh, I, yeah. t- tell us why you're wrong though. Tell us why you picked Bernard. Bernard, because I, I liked how he evolved through the whole story. He went from just like sciencey guy to, like I said, Conan, just kind of embracing the under underworld there. I I, I really enjoy his arc. I, I just like Bernard. Yeah, I, I, my favorite part of Bernard's story is like I think I maybe have a my married to the the chief's wife. I mean, uh, no, chief's daughter, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I have a wife now. That was never going to happen for me on the surface. <laughs> exactly. As I'm saying, I, I, <laughs> they said, how do you know it's the chief's daughter? How do you know it's the daughter? Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad answer, but I, I mean, Dr. Dinosaur, I mean, he's just so unique, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Next award is best panel. And uh, guys, go to page 83. I've got the first one here. Bernard has gotten them all armored up in the crystal armor, and he comes charging out looking like some kind of crystallized gladiator. He's got that big, you know, uh, you know, Hellboy looking fist. Got the crystal sword, whatever that Loki style helmet is he's got on. <laughs> he's got the army of Hollow Earth with him. Yeah, oh, it's great. Uh, Sam, what do you have, man? Well, I have two here, and I still haven't picked one. So we're going to go with page 69. It's got the doom magma uh, worm in it. With all the, the immortal worms. magma worm. And then <laughs> Bernard's eyes roll. <laughs> it's, it's just pretty cool. Yeah, and you've got like planets crashing into each other in the background. I, mean, I just noticed Bernard's naked down on a rock in the, water, <laughs> in the magma. Yeah. <laughs> Except for his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> 
so good. All right, Josh, what do you have? Well, I probably have the wrong answer because one of you two got the right one, I think. Yeah, I felt like you cheated. That was too much like the cover we picked. Uh, but if you go over to page 88, the first panel, I didn't cheat with a full page spread. <laughs> it's when you see Tom McRobo tricked Dr. Dinosaur into tearing apart his time bomb by convincing him he stole a piece. And he tears it apart and he builds it. And it looks kind of like a dinosaur. It's got these nukes poking out of its head, one poking out of its mouth. It's vaguely dinosaur shaped. And the first time I saw that, I just laughed so hard. I had to had to make that my best title. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, not the right answer, but it's a really good one. I, I, I can't look at that and not laugh. It's physically possible. <laughs> my favorite part is the nuke in its mouth. <laughs> it just jams it in there. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Sam, what's your best dialogue? All right, so I picked... Uh, a Dr. Dino one. It's page 37. When he's talking to Lane and he tells her to shut her tongue and then she <laughs> says I feel what she said. I'm trying to find it. So that's wrong in several ways, dude. It says I have worshippers. They are quick to have, to make violence on my behalf. He was shutting tongue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I think we're all going to pick something Dr. Dinosaur said. Uh, Josh, what, what was your favorite Dr. Dinosaur quip? Uh, it was on page 32. It was right before that. It's when he keeps uh, telling all the facts to uh, <laughs> Robo. Robo tells him to stop saying fact. And Dinosaur says, fact. No, you shut up. Fact. <laughs> I'm not going to read that whole thing. It's quite a lot of dialogue there. But it just was getting, it, you know, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and then Robo's like, I'm sure for three seconds. And already proved you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right i i picked uh page from page 103 when he's explaining how the time bomb is going to work um he says uh well you don't know about hyper chronolastic physics but exceed the tolman oppenheim volkoff limit which i totally ripped off from the second smartest megalodon i ever met in mere moments the lava powered tachyon crystal matrix at the heart of my time bomb will ignite and mankind won't know what happened to it because mankind will will have won't have happened, so they won't know what did have happened instead of them. Look, it is not my meager fault. It is not my fault the meager tenses of your pathetic grammar are no match for the simplest complexities of time travel. <laughs> I couldn't even get it right. No, <laughs> it's so absurd. And that's not the only absurd statement he made <laughs> at that vein. There's a lot of stuff like that to choose from. Because mankind will have won't have happened. I just yeah. it makes me laugh. I love everything that crazy dinosaur says. Oh, yeah. All right. Speaking of which, we had to theme up our awards. Um, I think we're probably all going to do something. The rest of the way would tie into Doctor Dinosaur. But the next one is best Doctor Dinosaur moment. Josh, what's your best Doctor Dinosaur moment? Well, I didn't write page numbers down, but it's when uh, Robo pretends to steal a piece of his time uh, bomb. <laughs> That's 42 Dr. Dinosaur tears it apart, and the whole time he's doing a running monologue, convincing himself <laughs> that he's doing it of his own free will, that he didn't get tricked, <laughs> and it's yeah. hilarious. And then he rebuilds it even better than before, and it looks like a dinosaur. One of the best parts is, like, too, is like during that whole monologue, he's like, All right, I'll trade your freedom for my piece that you stole. And Robo's like, I'll give it to you. And Robo and uh, Dino put his hand out and Robo sucker punches. He, <laughs> <off>. <laughs> like, he was like, I didn't even steal nothing. 
I love it. Yeah. Um, I had a different one. Um, I, I'm not, gosh, I didn't write down the, uh, the page numbers, but it's at the end when the time bomb blows up and it actually works. <laughs> yes. The fact that the stupid, nonsensical, absurd time bomb actually did something. <laughs> it's my favorite Dr. Dinosaur moment. That was good. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. the, the whole time it's just ridiculous. I mean, the bomb is in the shape of a ty- of a gigantic velociraptor and it actually it's just got nukes stuck to it and it actually works accidentally on purpose yeah um okay our last award is best surprise and go to page 116 um and so we've so dr dinosaur has talked about the immortal magma worm and nobody believes him because it's dr dinosaur bernie sees it on a you know crystal trip he's on and then on page 116, the immortal magma worm actually shows up. <laughs> I'd forgotten it was real. I'd read it before, <laughs> but I, somehow I'd forgotten the immortal magma worm was a real thing. And when it erupts out of the earth, I was surprised all over again. The fact that the magma worm is real is my best surprise. Sam, what was yours? Well, my biggest surprise was your uh, best uh, dino moment. It was that the time bomb actually? <laughs> I, was, I was totally surprised. I was like, "Really?" Guys, <laughs> just him in the Wild West. So I'm like, "All right." That's... Yeah. yeah, I had the I had the magma worm. I was shocked to see that. <laughs> so I'm like, "Surely, if there's a giant magma worm, I was in Robo's camp. Surely, if there was a giant <laughs> magma worm, we would know. There would be tunnels and caves everywhere. And then, uh, yeah, then it pops out." Well, I remember Dr. Donaldson, they asked him, like, where the crystals came from. He's like, well, <laughs> the magma chewing stuff. It's going to leave something behind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're worm pooping. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. This thing is so good. Oh. Why, don't, why don't these guys work for Marvel and DC yet? I mean. Yeah, can lit- you see them doing a Hawkeye or Ant-Man run or something? I, I could. It I would be so could. good. Or even a Spider-Man. They got yeah. that kind of wonky, goofy vibe would be good. And they're so talented, man. Ah, baffles me. Unless they just don't want to. I mean, it's possible. They just like being, you know, independent, doing their own thing. But yeah, might be what it is. All right, guys, let's cast this thing. Y'all ready? Ready. Uh, this is kind of tough. Uh, I'm glad I'm not going first. Sam, who's your atomic robo? <laughs> All right, so I went with somebody with an interesting voice that's done some voice acting. So I picked Will Arnett. It's a good one. I, I thought about him. I I think he could be a good Robo. I really do, and I, I can see him pull it off. I thought the voice was too deep. I I, 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 thought, I thought long and hard about Will Arnett. I think it's a, the voice is a little too deep. Well, I got to think about the time that he was made in the twenties or whatever. It's like, man, I could see his voice fitting into that time. That's probably where it was modeled after. All right. Josh? Sure. So this one might have been, I don't know, on the nose a little bit, or maybe I'm just thinking I'm more clever than I am. But I'm thinking Robert Downey Jr. We can't get him as Iron Man, but maybe we can get him coming out of Atomic Robo. It would be yeah, I don't, I don't see that one. He's too snarky. I, I don't know. I think he could pull it off. He, he's not always snarky. No, don't picture Tony Stark. Well, he, he he sleeps sometimes, but I mean, he just <laughs> he is Tony Stark now. He just does his he does. It's not an impression anymore. It's not a character he plays anymore. It's who he is. That's who he's in real life. Yep. 
He's morphed. I, I thought he would be good. I can see him saying the crazy stuff. He said some crazy stuff in Avengers with a straight face. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was I had some same kind of thinking as him. I was thinking, okay, who sounds like they could be from an older era? Who's got that kind of voice? But I, I was also kind of thinking about, okay, I need somebody who's more earnest. You know, not Superman voice got earnest, but kind of an earnest kind of you know vocal delivery. And I thought of Tobey Maguire. Hmm. He's got kind of an old sounding voice. Yeah. You think about what well, that's why they put him in Pleasantville, basically. Um, he's kind of a guy from another era. I think it'd be good for the voice there, but um, I wouldn't be mad about Will Arnett getting to do it. Yeah, I don't know about Downey. Uh, no, I like it. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, Dr. Dinosaur, Josh, tell us who the right answer is. Uh, so I thought about this one quite a while, and I think I got a pretty solid pick. I'm thinking Andy Samberg. Goofy, I can see in some really crazy stuff and having that false sense of superiority. I think he could portray all that really well. <laughs> oh, I'm always trying to get Andy Samberg on here somehow, and I missed a good opportunity to do it. Um, yep. That's a good one. Um, I've got uh, a good one. but Go ahead. No, go ahead. What are you saying? We finished your I was going to say, I thought about Samberg at first as uh, Bernard. But then I didn't. I was like, no, I was like, I don't think he would make a great Bernard. <laughs> so I was thinking just his voice for Dr. Dinosaur. All right. I was Alan Tudyk. Um, great voice actor. You think, you think of King Candy from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. That was Alan Tudyk yeah. doing that. Doing kind of a version of his King Candy voice for Dr. Dinosaur. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same who you got. All right, so I went a completely different route than you guys. I was thinking a weird guy does a strange voice and can pull off strange acting. Wall-eyed. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> that would be good, too. That would be a good one, for real. Like I've been looking for a while. The place that, that would actually work really well. You got him I, in I there. Keep, I kept thinking back to Armageddon when he's up there riding the rockets, you know. The <laughs> All the crazy stuff he says, you know, uh, in deeds when he had the walleye. That's, <laughs> yeah. I think machine's good. That's good. Yeah, I like that. I, I think I came in third there. I was, I was getting ready to say, I think you came in third, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to redeem myself and go first on Jenkins and tell you the right answer. Idris Elba. It's because he can't die. Well, no, I mean, just think about it. You know, stoic, tough guy, you know. Never, uh, you know, overwhelmed by any situation. Idris Elba could totally pull that off. I mean, just yeah. like pretend, pretend you're an older stacker Pentecost for Pacific Rim and just say lines. R- read these lines. You'll be fine. <laughs> you got this. Yeah. Throw the TV right. up. No, sir. Turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> right, same thing you got for Jenkins. I picked uh, Stephen Lane. I kept seeing Stephen Lane when I, when I was That's reading. a good one. Yeah, he, looks, he definitely looks the part. He looks the part. You know, he can play it. So, I mean... Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Josh? I went with Christopher Maloney from Law and Order Special Victims yeah. Unit. Yeah. He, he can play grumpy uh, pretty yeah, well. Because I think Jenkins is just a grumpy old guy that just doesn't want to be bothered. Nobody, don't talk to me, don't look at me. That's what I think of Jenkins. I can see. What him. about um, the, the other guy I considered, and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, no, the guy that played Cable and Thanos? Yeah. Josh Brolin? Yeah, Josh yeah. Brolin. I mean, he could do a good Jenkins here. I mean, apparently he's willing to be in lots of comic book movies. So, I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah that would be uh, good. All right. All right. Bernard. 
we're really going to film this thing, we've got to nail Bernard. That's a hard role to feel. Sam, who you got? I don't know when you make me go first on it. Uh, <laughs> I picked Paul Giamatti. Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't either. They, I, I was... I don't say, I used Google. And I, I was looking for that <laughs> bald actor. And I kept popping up on him. And I, I got to look at him. I was like, you know what? I, I think he could do it. I don't know about the, the Conan part. But I think he could play the, the <laughs> That's what I'm part. struggling with. I know. Me too. I, I did too. But I really couldn't come up with nobody else better for me. I know he's not the right answer. I like him as an actor. So... Maybe. Oh, no, he's great. I love Giamatti. I mean, I'm oh, all, yeah. I'm cool with him getting all the work we can give him. Um, but I, I, I don't think he's Bernard. Josh, yeah, I think Josh is about to go obscure on us. Tell us what random actor you've chosen, Josh. I, I don't think it's obscure, but I think it is 100% the right answer. Justin Long. He always plays the nerdy dork kid that nobody takes seriously. I can see him just nobody having any confidence in him and then being the weirdo that thrives in hollow earth. <laughs> I the problem, yeah. I can't too, except the Justin Long. Well, it's perpetually looks like he's like 19. Yeah. I mean, that, like he just 40 now. I know. I know. He still looks like he's, he may be his age to being like 22. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was willing to overlook that, but I think he's really good at playing that type of character. I mean, he's yeah. pretty well typecast into that role all the time. So I think yeah. he would take to the, the character really well. Yeah. He's, he's good for the, the that kind of role. I'm not, I, I think it's central to Bernard. He's a little bit older, um, especially that, you know, the hairline. I cast a guy that's 40. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I got to do. Okay. I, I got the right answer, guys. This is this is the one I'm the most proud of. You, you're going to need your IMDb or your Google box or whatever you're going to use here. Oh, John Grease. G-R-I-E-S. You'll know him as Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Or <laughs> yeah. From The Pretender. Yeah, I was going to say from The Pretender. He was the yeah. Yep. That's Perfect. a show nobody watched. <laughs> well, I watched it's, not my, it's not my fault other people are bad tasted TV. Um, I own every season of that show. It's sitting on my shelf in there. I love it. Um, I even watched the dumb movies they made that weren't any good. Uh, I didn't know they made Yeah, they were going to make four of them to finish the story of the show, and they were the ratings were so bad, they only made two of the four movies. <laughs> By the end, it was just me watching the stuff. But uh, yeah, John Grease, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. He just looks like Uncle Bernard. Rico. Yeah, it looks like they're drawing him. That's pretty good. Yeah, my thing's running really, really slow. I just got to spin a well deep. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he even looks like Bernard, doesn't he? Yeah. All right. Okay, our next one is the Majestic Twelve General. And this is the guy that. Uh, sort of squaring off with Jenkins for a lot of this, uh, that, that, that part of the storyline. So Josh, who you got for the general? Well, I'm still in one of Sam's answers from earlier. Stephen Lang. It's not bad. That, that's not bad. That, that, that said, mine's interchangeable. I was thinking him or, uh, well, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll see if somebody else says it. Uh, uh here, I'm gonna take the right answer. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was my backup. Yeah. That's really good. That's better than mine. I, I think mine. he's getting a little bit too old. We'd have to time machine him. No. That dude is old. That dude's old. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see Kurt Russell. That's not bad. All right. Who'd you have? Uh, both of y'all are better than mine, obviously. But uh, Tommy Lee Jones. 
That's who I was thinking. I was thinking like from the Fugitive kind of era. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I think that would be a time machine pick. Like looking for Men in Black. Last Men in Black movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of the most recent Men in Black movie, um, our last person for the cast is Lang. Um, she's the um, the female member of the team that gets stuck in Hollow Earth, who has not a lot of lines, but they're all good. Um, I picked Tessa Thompson from that Men in Black movie and from Thor 3. Tessa Thompson is Lang. She's the Valkyrie. All right. Sam, who'd you have? Well, I picked Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, I think that's the obvious answer. Yeah. Josh? I don't want to pick it. Yeah, that was good. I thought about uh, Rodriguez, Sam. I think I've cast her a couple of times, so I wanted to go with somebody different. Uh, I went with somebody, you probably will have to look her up, uh, Emma Roberts. Yeah. 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 From, uh, if you've watched We're the Millers, she plays kind of that tough girl character. Yeah. Uh, She's pretty funny. I thought she would. And and she's, I think she's age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. No, she's funny. That's a good one. Because I mean, because all of the people that work for Robo are action scientists yes yeah <laughs> so, so they, need, they need to pull off like being able to do except for bernard pull be able to pull off action and be scientists you know yeah um i i, I love though the first time bernard gets in the field he goes all conan on him i just <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of them are field agents like lang and the other guy whose name I'm, i think we were supposed to know from a previous story i think he's been yeah, around I before i don't i don't remember and i don't remember if they restate it but like they've been in the field before and so they need to have that blend of you know nerdy and you know capable of action. I, I think she's a good pick. Yep. All right. Speaking of action, um, I got to do our next pick for our next episode. And oh, okay. Uh, sorry. New um... <laughs> <Doing> sign language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit of behind the scenes spoilers here. We've had a fun recording here. There's been a lot of problems. Um, I think uh, I think everybody knows that everybody's on the internet right now, and it's not maybe ready to see this. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna have a great time editing this. Um, but uh, so our next episode is one of my picks, and it's gonna be super action oriented. It's John Wick, Volume One, and I haven't finished yet. I've just gotten started, and it's um, it's written by Greg Park, so it's gonna be a good story. Greg Park always writes good stories. He's a good storyteller. Um, art, the art's solid, um, and I, I feel like it's it's good at capturing the vibe of John Wick, um, yeah. of the character in the world, and so um, I'm I'm having a great time with it. I'm looking forward to talking about it with my brothers. Um, we'll see. I think you're both bigger fans of John Wick than I am as far as the movies, and so yeah. you'll be able to tell me if I'm way off base. And so I'm I'm a little nervous about that, um, <laughs> but. I, uh, but when I saw Greg Park's name on it, I was like, I, I was like, yep, I like John Wick, love Greg Park, let's roll. So I'm not, li- I'm not gonna lie though, I, I really am a little nervous about your all's reaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll find out in a week. Yep. All right, guys, I think we're done here. Um, so once again, we've, we've, like I said, we've got our analytics up to date now, and so now we know who we're saluting again. And so salute. Goodbye, Germany. See ya. Good night, Jeremy.